0: To a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations.
1: (laughs) There is an inner voice of wisdom in each one of us that is waiting to give expression to sole purpose. It is a voice that speaks to us in dreams, visions, signs, and unexpected synchronicities. The lives we live are so disconnected from our natural surroundings that it is becoming increasingly difficult to break through a barrier of false reference points. The separation of humanity from its own deeper core is a question of our time. The loss of the spiritual is having a devastating effect on the mental health of our societies as the search for satisfaction in the immediate gratification of the senses becomes increasingly hollow. Valeria interviews Rayno Gevers. He is the author of Deep Walking for Body, Mind, and Soul, and several other titles. Reino Gevers is a seasoned writer, consultant, and inspirational speaker who has led a life shaped by diverse experiences across continents. Born and raised in the vibrant landscape of South Africa's KwaZulu-Natal province, he developed a deep appreciation for cultural diversity and the human spirit. In 1981, Reino left his home country for Germany, where he embarked on a successful career as a journalist for an international news agency. Throughout his tenure, he covered major global events, including the historic fall of the Iron Curtain and South Africa's remarkable transition to democracy from 1990 to 1994. His in-depth reporting captured the essence of these pivotal moments in history, offering a unique perspective on the world's transformation. After three decades in the media industry, Gever's decided to channel his expertise and passion into a new endeavor. In 2010, he established Power Body Mind, a consultancy business based on health and wellness based in Germany and the captivating island of Mallorca, Spain. Through his consultancy, Gevers empowers individuals and organizations to unlock their full potential, guiding them towards a harmonious integration of body, mind, and spirit. Gever's personal journey on the ancient Camino de Santiago pilgrimage route has left an indelible mark on his life and work. Having walked the path more than a dozen times, he draws inspiration from this transformative experience. This deep connection led him to pen the thought-provoking novel, Walking on Edge, a pilgrimage to Santiago, and the enlightening non-fiction book, Deep Walking for Body, Mind, and Soul. These works encapsulate the profound lessons and spiritual insights garnered from his pilgrimages, resonating with readers seeking personal growth and self-discovery. In addition to his literary pursuits, Gover shares his wisdom and inspiration through his regular weekly podcast and blog, Living to Be dedicated to empowering individuals to embrace their true purpose and live authentically his engaging content offers practical guidance mindful practices and uplifting insights meet reno at com. here's the interview with reno gevers
2: In your own words, who is Reino Givers?
3: Well, I am uh, an author, mentor, and trainer. I've had different identities uh, throughout my life. I started my career as a reporter, a news reporter for a daily newspaper. And then I moved out of the media industry 13 years ago to start basically a new life, a new identity after walking the uh, Camino in northwestern Spain. I did a pilgrimage walk, which changed my entire life.
2: Mm, wow. Yeah, that's another beautiful topic, that experience you had. I know throughout the book, you do mention that. So the book that we are speaking of, you have written different books, but the one that we're discussing today is Deep Walking for Body, Mind and Soul. My question after listening to you is... What changed when you decided to make that transition from one career to another, that movement between one way of living and another, or even way of thinking? What was the catalyst for that, Reino?
3: Well, my passion was always to be a writer. Uh, I always had a passion to read books. That started in early childhood, And uh, being a journalist, a newspaper reporter, was one avenue where I could initially live that purpose. And I had great enjoyment living that uh, life as a a reporter, covering many of the world's major news events, Uh, the uh, transition in South Africa from apartheid to democracy. Uh, I covered the uh, first talks between uh, Nelson Mandela and de Klerk at the time. Uh, I met Nelson Mandela in his home some months after his release from prison. I covered the fall of the Berlin Wall. Uh, I was in the Gulf area after the first Gulf War. So I I saw history in the making. But then with the digital uh, revolution, the whole media industry changed completely. And I always saw journalism as a way of informing and educating the reader or the viewer, but that changed. And now it's become more of an entertainment channel and I could no longer identify with that. Mm. So uh, I had to, I had to change. And this, became very much aware to me whilst i took a time out in solitude uh doing a pilgrimage walk because i was at a point in my life where i was very unhappy in my relationship in my marriage and also in uh the work i was doing because uh, it was no longer the the type of work i enjoyed it was basically regurgitating uh news other people had written and uh it it was uh not fulfilling anymore. So you reach a, a pain threshold right. where uh the universe basically tells you you gotta change something. Mm. And that, that pain becomes so painful that that you're basically forced to do something about it.
2: Yes. 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 Wow. Beautifully and clearly said. Yes. Yeah. So in a way Pain is a sign, right, Reino, of that something needs to change, needs to shift.
3: I absolutely see it that way. And having spoken to hundreds of fellow pilgrims, uh, pilgrims on the uh, Camino, I've now done more than a dozen walks on the, on the Camino. Uh, very many of these people have come from a place of brokenness. They've they've gone through a trauma of having lost a loved one, a divorce, having uh, experienced a financial meltdown or a job loss, or having survived a life-threatening disease. And that has brought them to a point where they realize, look, uh, I have maybe not that many more years left in my life, What am I going to do with those years in my life that I still have left? Am I living a life of purpose, of meaning, of a life that is aligned with my soul purpose, my Mm. inner wisdom?
2: Mm.
3: And very often we don't feel that inner wisdom. We don't perceive that inner wisdom because there are so many voices out there telling us, how to be, how to behave, what identity to have, uh, what to own. And that, of course, um, doesn't create a a life of bliss or happiness because happiness comes from a space within. Mm. Uh, It's very much a a mindset uh, being aligned with the flow of Mm. what you need to become what has been your destiny since you were born.
2: Mm, wow. Yes. <laughs> what can I say to that? Uh, yes, a billion yeses to that. For some people, the idea of soul purpose sounds abstract, including some of my family members and friends. So what is the best way to not just explain, but for ourselves, what's the best way to know when we are living this soul? Purpose. What are the signs to look for, in a way?
3: I think when you perceive a sense of passion, when when you when you feel in flow with life, when when uh, you feel a, a warm energy flowing through your body, uh, it might be an epiphany where uh, some. Person, you tells you something. You hear a word, or you read a word, and you suddenly realize, "Wow, that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. That yeah. that is in alignment with my true self,
2: mm.
3: beyond what uh, all those voices outside are, are, are telling me." And it's different for every individual. I think um, uh, the uh, search for that inner purpose that uh, inner meaning that soul purpose often is a process you uh, as in my life I started a certain career and that then flows into another career mm-hmm. but uh, uh, that career mm-hmm. you started off with was merely a precursor to the next stage in your life right. so nothing is without meaning it 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 Everything has meaning. Mm. Uh, I would say that life sculptures you uh, to what you need to become.
2: Mm. Yes, yeah, that very much resonates with me. I love the idea that we can embrace the truth that one that is for me that we are we are life. We are now, We don't have a life. We are one with life. Something changes when we can embrace that perspective that we are not separate from what's happening because there is that sense, as you know, most of us think that we are separate from from even our own thoughts and then, which I don't believe it's our own. You see, everything, when I think about owning something, I think about the ego, the separated wholeness or the separated feeling of self. But then there's something happens when we kind of realize that life is not separate. Nothing is separate. There's just this whole body called life and everything else that happens within is just the parts of it, the parts of life. But it is it is one body, not two.
3: Absolutely. And I think with our industrialization, we have separated ourselves from the natural world outside there and we need to reconnect with nature because mm. we part of we're very much part mm. of nature yes. and mm. the way we treat our earth our mother earth is how we treat ourselves right. if, if we mm. love ourselves if we treat ourselves with, uh, with respect and and with with loving care we'll treat the external world the earth with the same care with the same mindfulness so the the environmental crisis the climate crisis the pollution crisis the uh, extinction of so many species is is telling us what we need to change within ourselves mm, right. we need to take care of ourselves this message is so clear in the bible mm. love yourself as your neighbor right. and your neighbor is the being of life outside there, you yourself are part of that wholeness, mm, yes. as you just said.
2: Yes, yeah, yeah, yes, that's it. You see, there, there are so many different ways of interpreting this profound meaning of the interconnectedness of everything, or one, life being one, everything being one with God, earth being a reflection of our own bodies, of our own selves. So I see that we use words to, and of course, the, the logical mind to understand these ideas. But in the end, Reino, I feel that it has to become an experience because if it doesn't, as you mentioned in your book, you did talk about that, uh, in our awakening or raising our consciousness or oh, deep spirituality is an experience. It's not something that we can use words really to describe it, Right. We need to feel it. I don't know. There's something about experience that...
3: Absolutely. I I, I so uh, go along with that because you will only believe what you've experienced. And I had my own crisis with institutional religion. Uh, I come from a a Lutheran background. And, uh, of course, religion tells you what to believe and how to behave it, it, it can be a certain valuable foundation, uh, but uh, you need to evolve and go along with the flow because uh, the universe whispers to you constantly. Um, and you will only hear those whispers from the universe if you go into solitude, if you go into silence, if you uh, reconnect with uh, nature and uh, I believe that nature is an expression of the divine, uh, which, which is constantly in a, in a process of evolution, of change. And we, we are destined to evolve, to change, mm. to raise our consciousness. Uh, mm. we, of, of course, for many people, religion is a sanctuary. Uh, it, it offers a, um, a context, a structure. Yeah. But we need to move beyond that. We need to mm. go into the experiential spirituality. Mm. Um, uh, what what the mystics uh, call the the uh, the mystery, uh, the deep mystery. Mm. Uh, there is no one answer. Uh, every mm. individual experiences spirituality differently, and I, I I think all these conflicts that we have are about different ideology, different perceptions, instead of uh, going into that universal compassion, the wholeness of acceptance that we are all individual beings on different paths, but ultimately, Mm. of course, we are all one Mm. with with different uh, roles and different purposes, different abilities, uh, different uh, paths in life.
2: Yes. Yes, yes, yeah. You see, I love what you just said about just a few seconds ago about not stopping there, not ending that journey of understanding of what we are or not even who I usually say what we are, not who, in life itself. So it, this is something about being open really helps and You're right. The uh, institutions and religion, the way it is, the structure, it's very limiting. So I think it's crucial for us to kind of go beyond that. Always go one step beyond what is, you know, what is what is to go deeper into this. That's what I live for. It's to find truth. So I'm always going deeper. I'm very open to not just listening, but experiencing, having this experimenting within my own life. How deeper can I love when I see people in my family who are very intolerant, impatient, unkind? But how much can I love them regardless of the way they behave? Of course, I'm very, because I love this combination of truth and kindness. So I bring those two together when I'm communicating with anyone or doing anything. Because I know the truth, most people are not ready for it anyway. I remember saying that to a friend of mine, you know, what if we are God, if everything is God? (laughs) And she she just really, yeah, her response was just not a a good one. She was, I mean, her face, it, it was just so funny to see it, that she rejected that idea immediately. No, I cannot be God. So... Yeah, not not all of us. I guess perhaps some people say that there's a time for, you know, we need to be ready. So some of us are not ready for deeper truth. So we cannot even communicate them, but just express them with love.
3: I think you're absolutely right, because you will only uh, hear a message or accept a message or an experience if you are at a certain point. And unfortunately for many people, that point is only reached when they go through a really painful uh, process in life where life really rips them apart and uh, a light opens mm. to their soul. But do we need the pain? We don't really need the mm. pain. Yeah. Uh, if, right. we, if, we, if we practice, if we awaken our spiritual senses we don't need pain.
2: Yes. That's a beautiful message for all of us to be reminded of. <laughs> yeah, I'm just reflecting, contemplating this idea just right now in this present moment. Yes, that we don't need the pain to learn. I have heard, you probably have heard that too, that you know, we are here under a soul contract, that we have agreed to come here and learn certain lessons and go through all these painful experiences so we can learn something. And, and I always question that. And my question was always: Can I break the contract? <laughs> can I be free from all of it—the <laughs> belief systems and contracts? <laughs> but I ask you on the podcast really to a lot of people, and some some say no. And I'm a student of Vedanta. which Advaita Vedanta, is um you probably are you familiar with that, Reino? Yes, uh,
3: yes, yeah.
2: You are. It's a Hindu spiritual philosophy. So they do say that we are free already. It's just the realization of that that really will bring this feeling of freedom, this expression of freedom into the other parts that feel limited, the finite mind, the finite body. But they do say that you can't really free yourself from, let's say, karma because the body is part of of that. We are here in the body for a reason. That's already a karmic let's say, expression of, of, of a spiritual expression of karma. So we can't really do anything about it. Just live just as much as we can. And it will be the practice then to bring the the infinite through the finite, bring freedom into the parts of us that feel constrained and limited. I don't know, that, that makes sense to me. That resonates with me. What do you think about that, Reino?
3: Yes, I think uh, we have been given freedom of choice. Every day, every moment is a choice. We can either live a habitual life where we are on automatic mode, or we live a life of consciousness, of awareness and of making conscious choices. And we don't always make the right choices, obviously. Uh, but, uh, Every choice is a learning process, and I think the whole of life is a learning process mm. because mm. I think the, the soul, of course, incarnates into a body uh, to evolve, to learn. Um, Deepak Chopra describes it so well that uh, when we die, the, uh, we, we, it's like a building where the walls fall away. Uh, but the space within still remains. Mm,
2: yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, interesting.
3: And that that yeah that goes along with what the mystics believe, uh, the ancient mystics, uh, that uh, the, the the space, the, the soul is everlasting, uh, and uh, the body is merely a vehicle uh, for a very short space of of time.
2: That resonates true to me as well. But because my interest is freedom itself, I'm always looking for what it's like to be uh, to merge back with that infinite, pure consciousness, the infinite stream of life, which is everywhere and it's not limited in any way. but th- that still sounds limited to me when I think about, you know, you just remove the building, the walls, but then there's something still there, kind of fixed and perhaps still holding some of the imprints of the mind of thinking and belief systems. So that doesn't sound like freedom to me yet. <laughs> so I'm always exploring what is the what would be the next level, which is not really a level. I, I, I come to understand that it's always here. It's always present, that freedom, that pure consciousness, that limitless energy. its It's always here, present, really. It's not... It's not something that we will get to it when we die, after we lose the body. It's here. So we can, if we can tap into it now, then the sense of freedom arises, though. I, I, I get to feel that. The body-mind becomes a lot more relaxed in a sense of acceptance. and lets, It just allows everything to flow without trying to force or control anything. And I feel that that might be that energy flowing through the body-mind. Feels like that.
3: Yes, yes. I, I, I think um, the the whole idea of con- con- conceptualizing spirituality mm. is is nigh impossible. <laughs>
2: yes, I agree. <laughs> because because yes.
3: we, we we we're trying to use words yes. to explain <laughs> the inexplicable. Oh yes,
2: right. <laughs> it's fun, though, isn't it? <laughs> I guess it, it is. Fun. Yes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes. Um, I like I like the idea of. Um, how uh, people in medieval times meditated on images. Mm -hmm. They they would experience uh, spirituality by looking at an image and and going into that feeling, uh, uh, experiencing a feeling or meditating on a flower, on a plant and uh, seeing every blade of grass and then seeing the divine mm. in that blade of grass, mm. uh, yeah, and and feeling that oneness whilst whilst observing, and mm. and 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 going into that that deep perception.
2: Mm. Oh, I love that!
3: Yes, yeah,
2: he made me think about Nahan, I think he was he always talked about flowers. Yeah, he meditated a lot on that.
3: Yes, I really like his his books. He, he's amazing. He was amazing. Yes. And much of his writings really resonate with me. He actually talks a lot about mindful walking, mindful yes. eating. Yes. That, that is, in essence, experiential spirituality.
2: Mm, yes, yes, Reno So, gosh, I will talk to you forever freely like that, you know, open conversation. But I know we have written... An amazing book, which I I call it very generous. I love seeing people sharing their wisdom, what they know. There's something about their soul's purpose that resonates with that energy. Because life, it's always supportive of itself. So I see that as a reflection of life finding, looking for harmony. So it's not just about here, this body-mind here, but all the other body-minds and everything in nature, as you said. I know you said we're not apart from nature. I do feel that we are nature. We just have forgotten that for some reason or because we have the ability to think we separated ourselves from nature. But through silence, we see how wise nature is, is always looking for harmony, always bringing itself back into harmony. So that's what I see with your work and so many people that I talk on this podcast and I collaborate with. They are doing that, passing that on, that wisdom, that, that sense of harmony within themselves. They have found something. They had a glimpse of that. So they now try to pass that on. So I want to thank you for that again, right here in the middle of the interview, because I have a lot of devotion for that. Thank you, Reno.
3: Yes, that really resonates because I, I really uh, believe that uh, nature always seeks ultimate harmony, uh, the the, the The changing of the seasons Mm. um, all has meaning. Uh, It's it's cyclical, Uh, and the imbalance that we perceive sometimes when we see nature becoming really violent, hurricanes, storms, and uh, a a lot of what we're seeing uh, these days is nature's way of trying to restore a balance, Mm. a harmony. Mm. Yeah. But of course, our lifespan is very short. We don't uh, ultimately or will never ultimately see where uh, where the uh, uh, earth is going.
2: Right. And I know you mentioned before that you have this on your website, on your homepage. You have that quote, how you behave toward the earth is ultimately how you treat yourself. You mentioned that before, but I want to say that this is also on your website, big. You have that there. So. Yes. Yes. Another billion yeses to that. You see, I always go back to interconnectedness, knowing that that's our ultimate nature. That's the absolute reality. That's one, not two. Uh, There's something about that that's just freeing to me. So I want to mention the other books that you have written too. So Deep Walking is the one that we are discussing today, but you have written Walking on Edge. That's a short title for it. The Turning of the Circle and Yield and Overcome so these are the other titles did did I miss any of your books I don't know who these are for
3: yes those those are the uh, books I wrote in, in English oh ah, yeah course, right. there are two others in German uh, but yeah when we look at the walking on edge which is also on the pilgrimage uh it's 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 a novel uh, and uh, it's a story about it's it's a a bit autobiographical, but I was inspired by a walk I did with a fellow pilgrim and the wisdom uh, this pilgrim shared with me on this uh, five-and-a-half-week walk. And that inspired me to write this novel, compiling actually different stories into uh, three three major characters.
2: Wow. So this is a glimpse into that book, right? In, yeah. yeah.
3: And And The Turning of the Circle is um a a nonfiction book on the uh f- the philosophy of the five elements uh, the um ancient Chinese philosophy of uh, the uh law of the seasons, starting with uh, spring, the wood element, then going to the fire element, uh, uh, the summer, the late summer, the earth element, uh autumn metal element, and then the winter. Um, which is also a season of life, the, w- the winter of life, where you, you go uh, into uh, s- self-reflection, then to start a new chapter, a new turning of the circle, going back into spring.
2: And that really shows us that everything is a cycle, isn't it? In a way, in nature, right? And we are, because we are not apart from nature, then it would be so much easier to live from that wisdom.
3: Absolutely. Uh, and, and right. you know, the, 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 ultimately the Christian message is, is very much the same. The crucifixion is actually a story about a transition from pain into resurrection.
2: Mm. Yes, yes. So, see, it's so c- clear to me. When we go deeper, we, we don't kind of stop anywhere. We don't feel like we know already. So there's something about going deeper into this knowledge of how life operates and how it works that it just resonates with our own hearts and opens, it opens the heart too in a sense of acceptance for death, for example. What dies, the body dies, of course, was not meant to be here forever. So that could change everything if we really started to think a little bit deeper about life itself, that it's a cycle and it's here, but it might not be here forever, obviously, and live in each moment as if it was the last. There's something, something changed too. I have been meditating on death for so long now. I wake up thinking about death and often throughout the day. It's another contemplation of mine. It has helped a lot the body and mind to become more comfortable with the idea of not being here as As this
3: entity and and so important to talk about death because it's so very much part of life, our whole culture is uh addicted to youth to uh the uh short term gratification yes uh yes. and the addiction to the ten thousand things, as the Buddhists call it. But we need to talk about death. We need to think about death because we are so afraid of dying. But we don't need to be afraid of dying. Mm. Uh, Death is merely a transition Mm. to a new dimension. Uh,
2: Yes, Reino. Yes. It's just another change. Yes, it is.
3: It's another cycle.
2: (laughs) Right, right. You see, that's another thing about fear. I notice how limiting it is. It really limits us in so many ways. And, you know, I have heard that we are not supposed to become fearless, but to have more courage. That's one of the, it resonates with me when it comes to that. But I don't know. Uh, I think from that place of freedom, there's no fear there. Because it lives in the present anyway. So fear cannot coexist. I don't think the present and fear can coexist it really does
3: absolutely absolutely i i think um uh, the the whole uh, fear of death uh is very much the the monkey mind ego mm. thing <laughs> yes. being in yeah. being in the future being in the past and yes. not being in the moment yes because uh that's what the 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 mystics teach us that eternity is the present moment mm. The absolute awareness of the present moment.
2: Yes, yes, yes. I could go forever (laughs) with that yes in the present moment. Yes, right. Yes. I usually say it's uh, a spaceless, placeless, timeless here, here and now, because there's something about the mind also kind of interpreting this reality as a time thing, a timed space thing. But I don't know. When I'm present, there's no space, no time. It's just here.
3: Yes. It's a a,
2: here-less here. Yes.
3: yes. (laughs) It's a (laughs)
2: here-less here for sure. So let me go back to your book. As I mentioned off-record, chapter 28 caught my attention immediately. It's titled Raised Consciousness. So there, I love what you said. I think it's in the very beginning you say, somewhere in there you say, the separation of humanity from its own deeper core is the question of our time. The loss of spiritual is having a devastating effect on the mental health of our societies as the search for satisfaction in the immediate gratification of the senses becomes increasingly hollow. You just mentioned that about gratification, but we didn't talk about spirituality in in that sense. We have been talking about spirituality because, I mean, I I have to, it's something that I have even kind of let go of the word spirituality, because some people don't resonate with it, or they're actually afraid of it, and they push away anything that has to do with spiritual spirituality. It might sound to them like something too abstract. So some people don't resonate with that. So I kind of dropped, and I've been using the word wholeness these days more Mm. for some Mm. reason, for that reason, probably.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Uh you see the the word god the word religion yes. or spirituality uh has uh become uh abused. Uh yeah. it's become hollow uh, for many people. Uh it's it's ultimately really about experiencing
2: mm-hmm.
3: feeling yes. feeling. Yeah. Uh and uh yeah. we have lost um how to feel because um the the external world has uh, robbed us of our es- essence. Um, we we um, are so overfed with uh, information that uh, we're losing our inner wisdom. The the world is so much in need mm. of wisdom rather mm. than information overflow. Mm.
2: Yes, yes. Uh, that's a big one. Right. And I'm not in contact. What do you call it again? Mainstream media and all that, because I I don't watch TV. I don't listen to radio. So I'm really kind of away from... I'm so happily busy with the things I do that I'm not really... I don't have time and I'm not interested. <laughs> Although I'm, I'm not close to it. If it's in front of me, like the wars that are happening, I remember watching that and I remember feeling the body tighten up. Everything was just, you know, seeing people... To kill each other, it doesn't make any sense, so the body starts to tighten up. it doesn't feel good and then I was questioning that you know why why am I feeling this way after all this work I have done all the all the knowledge I have the let's say spiritual knowledge I have, why is the body becoming so uncomfortable with this information? So I learned that it's a feeling as you said i cannot we cannot stop feelings they they have to flow too we can. We can uh, try not to feel. So I just let those feelings come and go. Sadness, you know, disappointment. Gosh, I wouldn't say anger. For some reason, that doesn't arise anymore. I used to be, I was abused as a child. So anger used to be part of my um, expression. The body would get angry easily and the mind too. But then that dropped, dissolved at some point about 15, 10 years ago. So now it's more... Sadness arises when I see violence, violence, unfairness. Yeah, that's how I feel, and I let them, them be because I don't want to push away sadness. But it's interesting how we are life itself. It's it's natural, right, Reyna, to feel that way when we see other human beings being, you know, in pain.
3: Absolutely, uh, but uh, having come from the media industry.
2: Oh. Uh, I know oh. how
3: the media industry works <laughs> <Yes>. and uh, <laughs> uh, it it pulls us into this maelstrom of drama, yeah. of, neg- yeah. of negativity. Right. I think we need to be aware of what's happening in the world. Right. But while these wars are happening in the Ukraine and uh, Israel and uh, the Middle East uh, and in all these places in the world, at the same time, we also have beauty. We also have uh, the good things happening, but uh, 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 we humans are programmed to see the negativity, to see the danger, and of course, the media industry mm. is uh, is manipulating that that right. um, uh, that instinctive mm. uh, nature of human mm. beings to look out for danger.
2: Right, <laughs> right, right. right. Ah, so they are using that information, right, that knowledge.
3: Uh, And we have Ah. to program ourselves, reprogram ourselves to feed our minds with positivity, with Mm. the beauty of life uh, Mm. and how we feed our minds uh, that we become. Mm. Yes. So we uh, we need to delve into spiritual literature, into poetry, into... uh, Uh, those uh, things that uh, elevate our consciousness, our mind.
2: Right, right.
3: Um, And uh, perceive the media, the mainstream media, um, in very small dosages.
2: Yes, (laughs) I absolutely agree. Gosh, yeah, that's one one thing that I, I have been doing for a while now. Yes, less exposure to that. And and you're right, it feels like drama. It's like watching a movie that's like a horror movie when you see Uh, the the media and the way they talk.
3: Yes, and I think this is something you all in the United States have to be very much aware of, uh, this political drama unfolding, capturing minds into division, into into hate speech. Mm. Um, It's doing something to people. Words are doing something to people. Mm. So... You need to wall yourself off against this negativity and look for the the words of compassion, of love, mm. of of uh, humanity, mm. of tolerance. Those are the voices we need to hear. Of wisdom. Where are the voices of wisdom?
2: Mm. Yes, yes. And I, gosh, I said that a lot on social media. A lot of, a lot of people, beautiful people. Uh, expressing that wisdom coming from the soul, coming from peace. There are so many of us. So I wonder why we have not reached enough people. I guess just I have heard that it's 50-50, 50% of uh, humans are listening to the voice of fear and 50% are listening to the voice of love. I don't know how that works, but yeah, it, it feels good here though. Um, I know something, my body, mind is. Always constantly listening to the voice of love, so it I I cannot even understand really uh, what's going on out there. But I really don't have information about it. But it feels that way from the perspective of the media. When I talk to friends, and they, they you know they give them all the, the the bad news about how the world is doing, the earth is not doing well, that we are destroying it, and how ignorant we are. Becoming as humanity, not the opposite, you know, with all the wars and all the, all the greed and all that. But I don't know; it doesn't feel that way from my.
3: No, no, not at all. Uh, if we look at it from a different perspective, compare our life today to the life uh, in medieval times. Yeah. We are living in unprecedented prosperity. Uh, uh, humanity is making huge advances in all fields. And we living lives today that royalty in the Middle Ages could only have dreamt of.
2: <laughs> ah, yes, yes, yes. You see, that's a very good perspective, yes, to have. Like somebody who is familiar with history as you are, so you know that as a fact. That's wonderful to hear. And I have heard that before, of course. But it's interesting how you said in, early in this conversation that sometimes we hear we just hear too many voices and then we don't know which one the mind doesn't know which one to believe in. And it's always kind of moving, dancing within all these voices and trying to find what the truth is. And that's why I always go back to what I am. That keeps me grounded in the present where it's, I'm completely free. There's nothing really happening. The truth is, it's just really calm. So I want to go back to your book. We're almost at the end. And I want to mention the uh, chapter 28, Raised Consciousness. There's something else that I highlight when you talk about higher consciousness seeking the common thread in humanity and the pattern of God in all of creation. And you say, it is an energy that transmutes the needs of self into the needs of the, the larger whole. So that goes back to that perspective, that perception of reality as one and not divided. And then you say it is unconditional love and one of service of the other. That just stopped me because it's something that it really informs me in, in everything I do. It's not serving just he; It has to serve everybody else around me and, and the earth and the environment. It has to be, it has to be connected.
3: Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Because finding purpose is very much in sync with being in service, being a disciple of the wholeness.
2: Right. Yeah, that's it. And you went back, you see, full circle now to the question about the, I had a question here about what's the, if we all have a soul purpose, what's the goal of that? And of course it is to, to guide one another. To wholeness to that place of harmony that that just I mean feels so true to me as I see it not just a it's it truth as you speak in your book too and we mentioned earlier about experience that's what it feels like really from an ex- experiential perspective the more connected I become with what I am the more I see. That passing on to others, expanding to people around me, in, and I also meet a lot of amazing people that are doing the same, kind of they are connected with themselves and they and they are helping others. It's incredible to see how everything is really one, this energetic resonance of of the field of wholeness. It's always here, present. Some of us connect with it and some of us don't. And some of us also are not 100% and all day long connected with it. I, I would like to, to think or to feel that I am, but I know that sometimes I get sad, and I think, I don't know if sadness is, I don't know what's sad. Yeah, how, what do you think about sadness? Is that a feeling of, <laughs> I'm wondering if it is the ego is still kind of wandering, uh, dwelling in fear. From your perspective, Rainer, is it?
3: <laughs> I, I feel that is very much part of being a human. Mm. Uh, in in accepting those feelings its feeling if yes. you feel sadness mm-hmm. it's it's going going into that feeling and i i have moments of sadness too of melancholy sadness yeah um when when i see um what's 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 happening in the world in some places like the ukraine uh, which is uh, uh in europe where i'm i'm living and um i've i've seen uh, those refugees coming over uh, to uh Central Europe, from those uh, areas of war. Uh, so there is sadness, and it's, it's part of us being human. The sadness is part of our journey. Mm,
2: mm,
3: mm. And it's, it's, it's part of, of, of being loving to yourself in accepting that we have those moments. Uh, uh, without sadness, there's no joy. Uh, you uh, the more sadness you feel, the more joy you will also perceive uh, because you're going into mm. feeling.
2: Ah, yes, right. That's a good point. Thank you for saying that, right? Because if I was not able to, if we were not able to perceive joy, then we wouldn't also experience sadness or the other way around. So they are, those are feelings, mm. right?
3: Yes, uh-huh. yes, it's it's, yeah. it's our authentic humanness yes. is is uh, are those feelings of uh, the whole spectrum of sadness, of anger, of happiness, of joy, of love, but we also need to know that those toxic emotions we sometimes perceive, uh, we need to transition those because that's not our essence. Our essence is really love, compassion. And uh, mm. well, heart, heartfelt compassion, really.
2: Mm. Yes, yeah, that's that's a beautiful one. Compassion. Because that
3: that mm-hmm. that is that which connects us to to humanity.
2: Right, right, right.
3: Uh, uh, hate, hate speech, and and, and uh, uh, all that, all those toxic emotions. Those are um, those emotions that separate us.
2: Yes. Yes.
3: It's very clear to me. Right.
2: Ultimately, it's coming from fear, isn't it, Raina? The um, hatred and all. Yes, it
3: is. It is. Yes.
2: So we're almost at the end again. And I want to mention your book. I love the the essentials. I I think I mentioned we talked off record about this. So you have this summary, per se, at the end of each chapter, not all of them, some of them. And then you just talked about negativity. You said in one of them I wrote here. You said the antidote to a negative mindset is gratitude, which is so true. Compassion, gratitude. But you mentioned gratitude. And I feel that this is something that arises naturally, too, when we are, when we have been, let's say, doing the work of deep spirituality. It's amazing to see how gratitude, it, it's something that's, for me, it's always present. I'm always saying thank you to everything and everyone. <laughs> and sometimes... It, you know i don't and i see that some people don't even they don't even grasp that they don't even grasp the mean i'm really sincerely saying thank you but some people they just brush it off <laughs> as something that everybody says almost yeah that's interesting to see how even even that expression has become so normalized in a way almost like mm. washed mm. washed out yes. the, the idea yes. of love right all that
3: Hmm. Mm. And and gratitude is is really about gratitude over sometimes the very small things.
2: Yeah. Huh. Being being grateful yeah. for
3: <laughs> the the uh, yes. the era we are living in today, uh, which is truly, I believe, an exceptional time in history.
2: You see, that's something to keep in mind. I I yeah, that sounds big in a way, but. It, What a beautiful perspective to have, something to be grateful for, right? Being alive, existing right right here, right now. I always try to see the big picture when it comes to perception and then experience the moment and being grateful for what is here, which for me translates also into being present. If I can only be Mm. here, not elsewhere, past or future with my mind, then the something Something magical happens <laughs> with presence, right? Being Just being here, not trying to yes. be in your, anywhere yes. else. Yes,
3: yes, absolutely. And uh, uh, a one way, a, a, a really very practical method of practicing presence is focusing on your, your, your breath, ah, uh, yeah. being aware of yes. your inhaling and exhaling breath, which... Tich Nhat Hanh often talked about, mm, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, feeling through your breathing, through your aliveness, you feel by breathing consciously.
2: Yes. Yeah. Something happens to the body, right? When we mm, focus on Yes, right. You see, because the body feels like anchored to this reality, it's so heavy, <laughs> the connecting to the breath, it's, it's almost like the lightest form of energy that we can connect with, Within the body, and the body so mm. heavy feels all the time, but yeah, it's just ah dancing in in air and in, in this mm, invisible energy of breath. Mm. Ha ah, yes, of course, I, I love that practice too as a practice.
3: And and uh, as you come into life, as you are born, the the baby comes into the world. It. It, it gives a big scream. It, it mm-hmm. inhales yeah, a yeah. deep breath. Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes.
3: And uh, uh, yeah. I have actually experienced also um, the dying process where mm. that last breath yeah. is an absolutely magical moment. Mm. You can literally feel that, that soul li- leaving the body.
2: Mm, yes, I have not experienced that, but I have heard, yeah, like you are uh, describing. Yes, I have heard that, that. That it's, we are able to perceive, to feel, right? Um, wow, that happening. How amazing. I mean, this life, it's just this experience called life. It's so fascinating because there's so much we can explore here, I guess, <laughs> in terms of the mind, the body, and you know, very subtle perceptions, the invisible. It, it's just incredible to me. I used to question uh, when I was very, I was very young, and I always questioned all this as a child, even. And now, what am I doing here? I used to say that a lot. What am I doing here? How did this happen? <laughs> what is this all about? And then, at some point, everything shifted. I think asking that question for so long, the answer was there was not a me here that i was something that was everywhere the me that idea of me it's it was just in my mind but the real me it's, it's everywhere so the me really didn't exist as an entity so that changed everything when something shifted that moment i remember about 10 years ago and i don't when i look at myself in the mirror when i there's something about very expensive. There's no point anymore. I used to have that center. Oh, that's me. Now it's it's kind of strange to say, but there's no. I feel like there's no me here. Just life, energy flowing, and has this expression that looks like a person, but it's not. It's not really human. It's it's both could be some people would say, but I do feel like we are fundamentally um, energy in a. We are not humans. We just, we might look like humans, but, but that's also another concept. You know, the eyes doesn't really know. Uh, how much do we know about vision? I don't know if you you probably have heard about, I forgot his name, David something, a neuroscientist. He's, he studies vision specifically, and he sees how deceiving it is, what we see. It's really not the, the real picture of reality.
3: Yes, yes, I go along with that uh, because uh, when I observe what my dog is seeing, <laughs> yes, uh, <right>. uh, <laughs>
2: yes. Uh,
3: then then mm. I often uh, think, well, wow, wow. Dogs, animals are obviously obviously seeing many things we are not seeing. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes, 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 yes. That's why they are happy most of the time. I guess <laughs> yeah. they have so much fun all the time. <laughs> we, we, we
3: humans are far too much in our in our monkey mind. Oh uh, yes,
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. It, it, you see, and it goes back to that too. The you see that's beautiful having more fun being lighter um yeah which has to do with light you see being light there's something about playfulness not taking this experience so seriously the experience of you know of the idea of being a human but it's it's I have to say it's um, once you realize what we, when we when we realize what we are then it almost like it doesn't matter who we are and it mm-hmm. it becomes a lot more fun <laughs> from that perspective oh, oh yes
3: I mean you you just mentioned. Uh, 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 being being a child, and uh, we, when you're a child, you are far more in in, in that playfulness uh, in in in, that, in your soul nature because uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, it, 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 life is is really a dance, isn't it? Mm. Uh, um, yeah. And and uh, if if we can dance through life. Uh, then uh, it becomes a much happier place.
2: Mm, yes, that's it, Reina. Yes, I love the word dance, Yeah, the idea of dancing through life. Um, <laughs> yes, better than the word moving. I usually use the word move, but doesn't attract me as much. But dancing, there's something about dancing that really resonates with that energy, Yeah, that um, fundamental energy. So I want to mention before we say goodbye for today, I want to thank you for your presence in this reality. And how much of you, the real you, you're sharing, what's not to love about it? So I really thank you for, for you for being open to life and letting this free energy, this wise energy to flow through you. It's the most beautiful thing I can think of. So thank you so much,
3: Reyna. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Valeria. It was great fun talking to you.
2: Ah, yes, I feel the same way. Meaningful fun. So I want to mention your services. You offer mentoring, online programs, and you have a podcast too and a blog. I believe both of them are titled a Living to Be, and you offer retreats too. Did I miss anything, Reynolds, here on your services? And you have your books, of course. I'll have all the links here on this podcast profile, and I'll have your website too. Is there anything else that, uh, any questions that I didn't ask you? I'm sure so many questions I didn't ask. We didn't have enough time. But would you like to read a passage in your book at this very end?
3: Yes, I would um, like to uh, quote um, Joseph Campbell um, at the beginning of chapter 28, who says, The goal of life is to make your heartbeat match the beat of the universe Mm. to match your nature with nature.
2: Wow, yes, yes.
3: The goal of life is to make your heartbeat match the beat of the universe, mm. to match your nature with nature.
2: Mm. Wow, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Back to returning to being life itself, right? To being yes, universal indeed. intelligence. Yeah, how beautiful. Ah, uh, Yes, so your website is reino Givers.com. I'll have the link. It will be clickable, easy to be able to find in your books. I'll link the books and everything else here that I have. Thank you so much again for your presence, reyno and we'll talk soon. Bye for now.
3: Thank you so much, Valeria.
2: Thank you for the dance.
1: <laughs> Thank you for listening. To learn more about Reno Gevers and his work, please visit com.
0: To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.